Hello everyone and welcome back to A Dancer's Mindset with myself Isabella. I'm so excited today because we are interviewing Joy Womack. Let's get started. Hello everyone. So if you don't know Joy Womack, Joy Womack was born one of eight children in Beverly Hills. Until 12, she lived in Santa Monica, then moved with her family to Austin, Texas, where her mother enrolled her in a dance school that specializes in the Vaganova Ballet Technique. That led to a scholarship at the Kirov Ballet Academy in Washington, D.C., which led her to apply to the Bolshoi Ballet Academy, which we'll hear more details on in a moment. Joy then moved to Moscow at 15, graduated top of her class, and eventually became a member of the Bolshoi Ballet. After that, she was a principal dancer with the Kremlin Ballet and danced Odette Odile, Gamzati and La Baida, amongst many, many other roles. You could say she really honed her skill there. She has danced with Boston Ballet, Universal Ballet in Seoul, South Korea, and most recently, Joy performed with the Paris Opera Ballet from their Balanchine show in 2023. She has served as the basis for two films thus far, a 2021 documentary titled Joy Womack, The White Swan, and a film, a biopic titled Joyka, which has just released, which is about her life. So I can't wait for you to meet Joy, hear her entire story, all the ups and downs and where she is today. A very inspiring lady. So let's meet Joy. Joy, thank you so much for joining us here today. I know you're going to inspire a lot of dancers. And as we were saying together, um, we know a lot of the same people, but we've never actually met or spoken before. So this is actually really nice for me to actually finally speak with you and hear more about everything you've gone through, the similar things we've gone through together in the different Russian cities, as well as what you're doing now. So what I'd love to do, because I don't think we've heard too much about this, is just a little bit more about how ballet started for you, like how you even started to get into ballet. Tell us about that. Well, first, thank you so much, Isabella, for inviting me to be on. I know we have been (laughs) trying to make this happen. And I feel like I know you. I know, me too. friends and I think that's the nature of social media these days like you feel like you know people even if you've never had the pleasure of crossing paths but to answer your question I started ballet when I was three years old Um, I'm one of nine kids in my family and my mom kind of dropped three of my siblings and I off at this like recreational dance center at like a YMCA and I think she just like needed us to get out of the house Um, she was consecutively pregnant so I just imagined my big pregnant mom like dropping us off like somebody please deal with them and it was kind of this class that was like tap jazz ballet and I remember we did the ballet portion and I jumped over I guess it was like a lake or whatever and I remember feeling like I could fly and that was it for me I was like okay this is what I want to do um And fast forward to a little bit later, we, my mom realized that I really wanted to do it. So she looked around and it just so turns out that one of the best schools, like pre-school of American ballet schools was in Santa Monica. And my mom didn't know anything about ballet. That was just like the closest one to our house. And she dropped me off there and they had quite a good pre-professional program. 
albeit it was Balanchine based and it was very much geared towards, okay, try to do the summer program in New York and um, try to get into School of American Ballet. So I was training there and I think my, my teachers saw some kind of talent mm. in me. So they started to, to push me, but the t- by the time I turned, I think it was 11 and a half, my parents decided to move to Texas, which I was doing a summer intensive because at that age, I was already sacrificing a lot of my time to do Nutcrackers and dance had really become a part of my life. And my family was very religious and very much like, you know, my mom was Harvard educated, my dad, you know, he had a good job. They didn't ever think of ballet as something that you could do professionally. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really understand the level of my own commitment to dance. And when they moved to Texas, I lost it. I was like, my life is over. This is what I wanted to do. And I mean, 12 years old, you don't think of a 12 years old as like having this kind of like, okay, I know what I want to do, but I, I really did. And so my mom let me do homeschooling. And then she accidentally found a woman. Um, she got lost on the road to Ballet Austin or something like, and, and she ended up pulling up in this woman's driveway. And the woman that she ran into, she was a Vaganova ballet teacher. And so she said like, oh, we'll bring your daughter here. And she was trying to console my mom. My mom was just like, I don't even know what to do with this girl. She's being so rebellious. Like, <laughs> can you just... <laughs> You know, can you tell her to listen to me? And this woman, she was trained by a Bolshoi ballet teacher and she started to change my style. And she challenged me to think of like, there's more companies than New York City Ballet. And in a in a kind of harsh way, she was like, well, you kind of are, you can't really go back because your parents are not really letting you do that style that you wanted to do. So you need to train into something that you might actually get into a different company. And that that was, you know, a challenge because I was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were, I didn't realize you were originally, let's say, interested or training in the new Balanchine mm-hmm. style. Um, and yeah. and that's been, a, I think that's something that also worked against me in a, lo- a lot of ways, like when I did eventually end up, because I spent one year in Texas and then I, I got into the Kirov Academy of Ballet. Right which is now defunct in Washington, D.C., which was a very strong Vaganova program. It was one of the best in the United States. Mm. Um, And the school fees for that, even with a scholarship, were way too expensive for my family. So the last year that I was there, they're like, sorry, you're going to have to come home. There's no way we can afford this. And at the time I was at that school, they the school fees just covered the basics. They didn't cover privates or training for competitions. And all of my classmates was, you know, I don't know, it was just a different yeah. socioeconomic demographic than I had come from. And that was really hard to realize that, like, how much money you have influences your access to good ballet training. Mm. And that was very frustrating as like a 13 year old, 14 year old. And um, that's actually when I got scouted by the Bolshoi Ballet School. I went to like a master class in New York and the woman's Lena Pavla, she's like a character teacher at the school to still today she was like why don't you send your stuff and I had thought that she was insane because I didn't know that that was a possibility I think at that time there was only one American 
girl and I had ran into her like a month before in New York. Her name was Keenan Campa. Oh, Keenan. Yeah. She was the, one, like, the first who went over. Um, and she was like, yeah, it's totally possible. And so I went to the summer intensive that they were having. And at that time it was still kind of like this soft diplomacy mm. part of this reset between Russia and America. And so the summer that I was there, Leonova came. And so she chose me to be in the Russian program, which at that time, uh, Russia was very heavily involved in like separating yeah. the students, like foreigner program versus Russian program. And I felt bad for some of the students who went to the international program because it was kind of a watered down program. Yeah. And I felt like it was bleeding. So did you never experience that? Were you straight into the Russian program? Yeah, I was very lucky that I got to be right into the Russian program. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher who I had, she was very like pushy and she put me like on stage right away. Right. <laughs> Which now I look back and I'm like, I was very lucky because that didn't happen to foreigners too. Um, a lot of the teachers, they don't really have the guts to like do that. And she was a very famous Soviet ballerina. Mm -hmm. um, and so she kind of had the political clout to do what she wanted. Um, but then sadly, at the end of that year, her husband got very ill and she had to leave the school. So I had to start the next year in the Bolshoi school with a woman who was a lot more Soviet, let's just say, <laughs> like a lot more skeptical of outsiders. Right. And she was like, why would I put all my attention in somebody who's never going to get into the Bolshoi and look at her? She's so on the dawn and she's so, fat and, you know, she looks like an American. And, hmm. um, how did your, um, how did your family, you know, cause obviously with nine kids, that was a lot anyway to cope with the financial strains yeah. of you at Kirov. And then the idea of you moving to Russia, how was that yeah. for your mom? And so it actually turned out that, I got a scholarship to go to the school in Russia and mm. we had people who donated money for my flights. So in the end, my training in Russia was way cheaper. Like if all not free, yeah. like in comparison. So it would have been, I would have had to quit if I had stayed in the U S right. Which is something I want to highlight here. The fact that like, that's how wrong the system is, is that it's like, you have to have money to be able to train. Yeah. And thank you, Russia, which that's not a popular thing to say these days. Like the fact that I got to go to the school meant that I could stay training because one, I was getting financial assistance Two, there were people who were willing to support me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the game changer is what happened the second year where a family friend of my grandmother's who happened to be living in Russia, she took me in like her daughter. She paid for my school. She paid for my extra training on the side. She let me live with her. Amazing. Because the first year in Bolshoi school in the dorms was so toxic and crazy. And like I had my things stolen and there was drama between the foreigners versus the Russians. Oh, and right. It was just, you didn't have any privacy. And I think I've like done a lot of psychoanalyzing and helping students who are teenagers there's a lot to be said about having just quiet time to think. Of course. And and I think that social anxiety, it, it really harms your performance. So if you feel like there's always somebody watching you or you don't have just a space to close the door, you know, 
I have to say that I, I do feel like the, the, the girls, especially the Russian girls who lived off campus, they did a lot better. Yeah. I mean, in Vaganova, most of them lived off campus. And then for me, yeah. there was a year when, I mean, it was the turnover of people was heavy at Vaganova, like the foreigners. There were only a few of us who actually stuck around. But um, I noticed yeah. when the year happened where I was left alone in the dorm, so I had my own room. Um, yeah. I had my own room from like halfway through my first year. And then after that, I realized, like you said, I realized how it benefited me to like have the time yeah. to myself to like process the day, process what's happened, you know, analyze my emotions and kind of wake up fresh the next day. Um, yeah. I, there was no going back for me. I said to the dorm, the dorm manager, like um, Larissa Petrovna, I was like, no one's coming in this room. Okay. <laughs> like this yeah. is my own room from now on. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm sorry you had some toxic experiences there. No, I mean, it's normal. It is normal. I mean, it was Russia. <laughs> and it was kind of before Russia got popular, if I, I like right, to say, like, right. there was like this big movement of people who came. And I don't want to say like, oh, you know, I opened the door or whatever. But like once somebody does it, then other people do yeah. it, which I'm so happy for that. Like all power to it. More talented people than me, like came over and did great. But um uh yeah like it it was like the Japanese and the Koreans yeah and then the Russian you know I mean the same yeah it was the same for us at the time it always it felt very special at the time and like you say mm-hmm. like you say it's amazing now that more people can experience that but it was a yeah. it was a kind of um special time um at the time when it was yeah. just a few a handful of us mm-hmm. how did you experience and because you know you mentioned your you struggle with your turnout and stuff like that and, and that was something as well I definitely struggled with um massively um how did you cope with that when you went to Russia because obviously it's kind of yeah. flat turnout or go home <laughs> you know so so the first year I tried to like force it and I was just stretching like all the time like I would wake up at 5 a.m and do learn Russian while I would like sit in the over splits because I felt like oh if I just got flexible enough because like yeah I came from like just doing a split and all of a sudden you walk in and I there's know. girls like <laughs> sitting on the radiators and I'm like I gotta up my game yeah. I, gotta, I gotta do an over yeah legs so, like behind the ear um, on the floor that one <laughs> That one shocked me, yeah. that stretch. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I did a lot of copying slash YouTube watching slash like, you know. Um, but it wasn't until my second year where I got moved down the pot- totem pole because I kind of the first year I got to do like two potatoes. I danced to the graduation performances. Like I got to do a lot, you know. And the second year, somebody who's now my like best friend, we... Anastasia Liminko, who's a beautiful principal dancer oh, yeah. now at, at Sinislavski, she came to our class and she was beautiful and she was perfect and clean. And um, and she was, here I am, full in the china closet, you know, like can't do a fifth position. Um, and my, a good teacher, he also has a wonderful YouTube channel now called Smart Ballet, but Ilya Kuznetsov used to be a teacher of the men. Mm. And he took me in. He was very kind he was very strict, but he said, like, if you can hang with the boys, you can take my class. So I used to do my class and then I would sneak into the boys class. And he told me the only way you're allowed to do it is if you do everything like the boys. I'm not 
like going easy on you. And so I learned how to do a double tour, double double bus. Wow, like, that's amazing. I like program with them but then one of the boys complained like he was annoyed that I was right. in the class every day and so I remember the day when Ilya told me like sorry I can't you can't do the exam with us and I think he was like kind of rooting for me to do it yeah. you know because like <laughs> did your teacher like, did your teacher have any your actual teacher have any opinions about you doing that well I kind of did it secretly right and I don't know to this day if she knew or not um I mean, like, I think she knew, maybe, but I think she, probably. Like, I think in some way she probably was grateful that somebody else could do a lot of the heavy lifting. Cause I will say to this day that the reason why I have turnout now is because he took the time to explain it to me right. and he kept explaining, like, it doesn't matter how much natural turnout you have. It's the muscles and how mm. you work your legs. And if you watch the students of Petrov, which was this like, like very very famous like Pestov sorry I said Petrov that was the name of my old lecture Pestov like he, they have this very special technique of where they slide in the floor and they really use mm. they use the inner thigh muscles yes. by using like the heaviness of the foot which is kind of male Bolshoi technique I mean you won't see this in a female class mm-hmm. at all but it's something that I started doing and my muscles everything about my body changed mm. By doing this technique, I got long. Yeah, and I, I got, I, I started to understand from where inside of my legs and what I needed to do with my back. Yeah, and this is something I'm very, very passionate about teaching now. And it's mm. like making sure that there's not one ounce of pronation because that muscle that you strengthen when you don't pronate is actually the turnout muscle. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, yeah. That's and he took the time to really explain it. And the way that his class went is you made sure that that was the first thing that got activated and warm. And so then it was with you. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so with you. I'm so glad to hear that because that like you, you know, I'm so passionate about actually telling people how to actually do it, how to actually use their muscles correctly, because I had a similar situation to you initially where it's just like you're just told to turn out more like that's it and like that's the position you're gonna be in work it out yourself you know and then initially like you I forced it because it's just like you have to be in that position otherwise you'll get screamed at but then yeah you know for a lasting career you need that understanding and I feel like that's quite rare to have a Russian teacher who would take the time to actually explain it to you you know so that's actually very great I will say that I think that like after being in this and working in the system for a very long time, there's very different kinds of people who are teachers. Mm. And I I have to say that Ilya was very unique in a sense of, you know, he was a tough one to crack, but he, he enjoys the study of what he's teaching. Mm. And he's somebody that's, he's a PhD, he, he's a doctorate and he teaches doctorate students now. And so they are doing like academic research on how to further the Vaganova technique, which is very fascinating. And somebody that I have the biggest respect for, he then had a huge falling out with Leonova and now is like a, a teacher at Vaganova school with, with Tiskaridze. Um, and, you know, his boys were much better than the, than the parallel classes boys. They always had a very strong base and I think there were like stylistic things that other teachers did maybe more of but 
I, you, you can look at the people that he actually put out and all of them are either principal dancers in Russia or in other places mm. or they quit. It was like, it was like principal or you're quitting, right. you know, there wasn't like kind of yeah. anything in between. Um, so thank you, Ilya, for everything. I, I absolutely love him. And then to this day, there are still people who go to the Bolshoi Ballet Academy, despite what's happening mm-hmm. um, in Ukraine. Yeah. And that is, they often write to me like, oh, what can I do? Because the thing is, is ballet class is not enough in the school, like, especially if you're a foreigner, because you're not getting a lot of those other classes. Um, and so I'm always telling every single person, like, go to Ilya's studio. Like, if you can, just go there, train there, do the adult classes. They're amazing. Yeah. And you'll get more than you'll probably get in your class at the school. Um, I like to do his classes sometimes online. They're just amazing. amazing. But then and then I started training with a woman called Nina Speranska, who was a, a soloist or a leading soloist with Bolshoi. And she's what gave me the style. And she's what who like helped me become a ballerina. And because she was doing so much work, I was able in the rankings to move just slightly ahead of Nastya. I mean, we really graduated like this. And Nastya was, was Nastya was what? Nastya was the person in your class or your parallel? In my class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's a beautiful dancer. You can't really compare us. We're just different. Yeah. But um, I got to dance Paquita in my graduation mm-hmm. and I went to the Bolshoi. Um, yes. She decided that she wanted to be in Stanislavski Theater. And I respect her for that because in hindsight, I had an offer to be a soloist with Mihailovsky after school. And I probably should have taken that. I think I would have had a much easier time adjusting to like the Bolshoi at that time under that director was so corrupt and so messed up. Um, but one of my, my fondest memories of working there is I worked with Marina Kondratyeva, who was the coach of Natalia Sifova, Olga Smirnova. We were, Olga and Smirnova were in the same class every morning. You know, I have, she gave me a lot of things that made me a ballerina who I am today. So I'll always be grateful for that. But there was times where I wish I have, would have gone back to the Bolshoi after the director that I had issues with left. Yeah. Um, it, it was very messed up, very toxic. I was dealing with a lot in my personal life. I think people don't talk about how hard it is to transition from school into a company and do that alone. Yeah. Um, and, and I had things going on in my personal life with my family, you know. Um, but... There's a happy ending to it. When I decided to leave the Bolshoi, I got um, called up by the director of the Kremlin Ballet. And he's like, I saw your graduation exams. Would you come and take class? And after being there for six months, he gave me a principal contract. And then, you know, I got to do a lot of roles. And that's where I met my teacher who pushed me to do every international ballet competition. I started to win a lot of medals, et cetera. Mm. And um, was that that hard for you? was that hard for what? you? Was it hard for you to leave Bolshoi though? You know, because obviously that was your dream, right? To go to yeah. the Bolshoi Ballet and then realizing, you know, that's quite a hard pill to swallow, realizing once you get there, you know, dealing with the toxicity and the political issues and anything else, realizing that, oh, actually, maybe, maybe this isn't the place that I'm supposed to be, at least at this time, you know, was that hard for you? I think I wasn't mature enough to be in the company. Like I look back and I think that it's really hard to put an 18 year old in in an organization that big. I think you really need to go and get some 
experience before you know like because now it's like all right I could probably do that no problem because you understand how to be how to act Mm -hmm. the space the you know it's not life or death if you don't get casted you know it's there's a lot of things that with time and I've danced with a lot of companies now um I, I would say to my younger self like just take a beat you know like don't but like that being said, Marina Kondratova, she gave me some of the best advice. And she was like, look, you're made to dance, go dance. You know, mm. some people, despite them being stars, they never dance here, you know, and in Kremlin, I got to dance yeah. and I got to do a lot and I put myself on the map and in a way, and, and that is all thanks to Jana Vladivrona, who was, she just finished her career as a dancer and she was looking to make like a splash as a teacher. I remember and watching. So we, I remember watching your um your YouTube videos around the time <laughs> around the time you were there and you were vlogging a lot. And I I don't I can't remember exactly which year it was or what I was doing at the time, but yeah. I really enjoyed watching them because I was just like I was you know because I was really just happy for you as well. Um, again that you were in a happier environment because even at that yeah. moment you'd been through so much as well. Yeah. Like as no. well, your foot injury before I remember you had a foot injury. Oh my gosh, like yeah. injuries. Like, yeah, I have to say, like I've been lucky because the technique that Ilya gave me has helped me come back from any kind of injuries I've had way faster. Mm. And I wish I could like explain that in words, but it's something I really have to do like on video or in yeah. person. But um, I do believe, and this is very like contrary to popular belief, that if you dance ballet the right way, you it's like healing. It literally, like, if you do tondus the right way, mm. it fixes all of the, like, problems. If you're dancing in the right way, like, now, after being in France for two years, I'm, like, convinced that, like, Russian base, French on top, and, like, you will never get an injury. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're French, they don't do, like, the extreme, no. the extreme that the Russians do. And so for me, where I am in my career, mm. I... I'm eating it up with a spoon like it's a creme brulee like I I just got back from my ballet class and I feel like you just it feels so different you feel like massaged and amazing well I look look forward to talking about this a bit more in a moment um so how long were you at Kremlin for before you decided to move on and what what sort of yeah how did that come about I don't even remember the exact amount of years I just know that after I won the gold medal in Korea, I got approached by the director there and he offered me a principal contract in Universal. Right. And I decided to take it because at that time I had danced all the repertoire that I could at Kremlin. Um, there were still a few things I wanted to dance, but it was very clear that those belonged to another ballerina who wasn't going to retire. Right. And my, I should have listened to the advice of my teacher, but again, being young, being ambitious, I was like, I want to dance Giselle right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and she kept saying like, wait, wait, wait. And I said to her, like, look, I want to go. I, I think I'm going to get worse if I stay here. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really hard. Like, I, I mean, to this day, like now we're friends, but it caused a big rift between her and I. Oh, right. Because I mean, imagine like saying to your teacher, I think I'm going to get worse here. Yeah. But I was, I was frustrated in a sense of like, 
I felt the Russian style a bit constrictive to what how I wanted to dance. And mm-hmm. she was very clear about how she wanted me to dance different parts. And there was like no room for experimentation. And then we had something called the um, International Ballet Festival every year. And so they would bring different stars mm-hmm. like Maria Kochetkova, Matilde Foresti, I don't know, David, Hupp, like just all these big names to come and dance. And I think it was after watching Lucia Lacara dance. I was like, I want to dance like that. Like I want to find some refinement. I want to find a freedom in my own artistic voice. And I felt that the way that she coached me in a way was very Soviet was, was like, it was great for technique and like, you know, all the fuetes you want, but I wanted to find my, you can develop as an artist. Yeah. And my director at the time, he's now dead like God rest his soul. But uh, he saw me very much in a way, like he saw me as kind of the like Gamzadi, the Dianaction, the Kitri, the like he did give me Swan Lake and I danced Swan Lake a lot, but like it was like the powerful technical roles. And I really wanted to show myself um, that I had more depth. And I realized that like I needed to go out to like be able to develop that. So then I decided to move to Korea and I spent two years there and I I was happy that I made that choice because one, it taught me a different work ethic because I don't know if you know, but like in Russia, the companies, like once you're in a company, it's very hard to fire you. So the work ethic there is so lazy. Like people would just not oh, yeah. come to class. Yeah. And they don't retire. Yeah, I know. I would get bullied so hard because I'd be like, no, I want to finish class or I wanted to do things. And so I I was tired of being like laughed at because I wanted to like work. Yeah, you know, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really, it's really sad. It's really sad and depressing. It's like, I love this. I want to improve. Like, it's, you know, they say, who you spend your time with, you know, you end up turning into, it's like, I don't want to surround myself with people who are this unmotivated anymore, you know, cause it's so much more energy for you to like keep inspired, keep oh, it going. It was so hard to hit myself up to do like a full run through of the ballet. Right. It was so hard. Cause like the environment, cause obviously like people are jealous, you know, I was this very young ballerina being given a lot. The, like my colleagues who were, associate like principal dancers with me were you know 10 15 years older than me and it was like who's this random from the U.S. you know she's not like us she needs to take a chill pill and I probably did like I probably needed to take a chill pill but at that time I was just like let's do everything 100 percent you know yeah um you were ambitious <laughs> too much but with a capsule a. Then I went to <laughs> And I got to dance Giselle. I got to dance a lot of different things. I taught me a different um, worth ethic. And there I worked with a woman called Maya Dumchenko from the from the Mariinsky. And she gave me something that's different than, than Moscow. Some like the arms of St. Petersburg are so much different than in, in Bolshoi. And Bolshoi is a little bit more of like jumps, turns, yeah. flash. And And that was like kind of my introduction to like taking a breath, finding your spirituality, thinking about every little thing, the rotation, you know, and of course, working with some incredible dancers who'd been all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but that's like when I, I like kind of relapsed in my eating disorder. And because I was so alone, there was no accountability. And I just like, I knew I had to make a change or I was, I was not in a good way. Like I was losing so much weight. Like there's, there's videos and like pictures of me from 2019. And I'm like, I am like, just, it's not good. So I decided Mm. I like had a long talk with the director and I was like, look, I think I need to go back to Russia. Like there, at least I have my coach and she's, you know, like, what made you happy with, what made you, you know, relapse at that point? Because obviously, essentially from the outside, you were, you know, doing well and learning different things. So something inside you obviously wasn't happy. I think I was comparing myself to like the Korean beauty standard. Right. And I think that it didn't, there was a woman there who was the direct, she was like the co-director. She wasn't the director, but she was, she was bullying me like very heavily, like, oh, you're too heavy. You're too, you're too muscular. And she was a Korean woman who did like, she worked in the court of ballet of the Mariinsky. And so she had this like way of speaking Russian, which nobody actually speaks Russian like that in, in, yeah. in Moscow or St. Petersburg. And she was very rude. And I didn't, she, I just felt like she had it out for me. And I was like, you know what? Like, okay. Like, I understand that I'm never going to be Korean. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, it was just like this weird dynamic where yeah. I was like, okay, this is not great. Like, and it wasn't great for my mental health. No, and obviously. I, I like, that's a company where there's a very high turnover. Like people go and then they leave and they go yeah. and they leave. But for the Koreans, it's, it's okay. You know? Um, yeah. Well, that's a red flag. Before it. I had a great experience but like at the end I was like all right I think this is this is great like we've had fun mm-hmm. and then that was kind of my first experience with freelancing because then I, I went back to Moscow and I just started to work with there's like 15 different companies in Moscow and oh. they all do like tours around and I like was a guest principal at Sofia National Opera Istanbul like I was dancing a lot that year and I was also getting my um, teaching degree and I was getting certified in this um, technique called like oh my gosh body code technique so I was very interested in like preventing injuries I remember with the um the arch the shoes the shoes yeah I love those yeah yeah Yeah. I don't know I'm I guess you could say like I'm a curious George yeah (laughs) you're a curious George who travels a lot (laughs) um Um, yeah at that point I my coach who I was working with for body code he was like you should go back into a company and I was like I don't know like I'm really liking doing this and I feel very free Mm. and the bullshit was like invited me to come do another audition oh right so I went back and like I took class at the Bolshoi for like six months and the current director, he was just like playing so many games with me. And like, finally at the end, I just told him, I was like, you know what? You call me when you make your decision. Like I'm, I'm tired with like playing like a different game of like, whether you're going to take me back or not. And like, at this point I had a lot more experience. Yeah. Like I had done a lot. And so then when Miko from Boston Ballet called me, I just, I was like, why not? Why don't I just spend a year in the US? I've never danced there. Like, and I will tell you that that was the worst mistake I've made in my whole career. Like that was 
so like so difficult because the way that the United States companies work versus Russia, mm. like even the system in Korea was similar, like not the same, but the U.S. system where you have to take like unemployment and where the contract's not for 52 weeks, like they don't help you, um, they don't help you get a like a place to live or anything like that. So I'd been in this like Russian system. Mm -hmm. And although I'm, I'm an American, like I had no money to pay like a, a down payment on rent yeah. or anything like that. So like when I started there, it was just a bad story. Like I had issues with health, like um, he had promised me one thing, but then when I showed up, it was a different thing. And like, not very many people say this, but when COVID came, it, I was so happy. I was like, so excited that it was COVID. So you were, you were at Boston Ballet when COVID showed up. Yep. Right. And so we were doing Serenade and a Carmen and like, we were like, my cast was supposed to go on and they like come on stage and they're like, actually, everybody like don't touch your stuff in the theater. Like, we'll get it back to you. Like, everyone has to leave the building now. Yeah. And so can you pinpoint why you were happy in your emotions? Like, I was relieved. Relieved. I didn't want to, like, for the first time in my life, I didn't want to dance. Like, I just, I, I hated <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I just hated what I was doing. I was so, it was like, I've left this kind of glamorous life where I'm in charge of me, like running around the world. And all of a sudden I'm like in the back line, like everybody hates me. <laughs> was it more, you know, you didn't really enjoy anymore being sort of institutionalized a little bit? Or was it a combination of the atmosphere um, as well? You know what it was? It was the fact that the ballet mistress was like, I think she danced in the court of ballet of Texas Ballet Theater or something. And she was trying to tell me how to do a tondu. And like, I respect everybody. Like, thank you so much for that. But I know what works for my body. And the fact that I'm like 25, 26 years old with like a huge history behind me. Mm. And you're going to sit there in front of me and tell me that I'm a bad dancer and that I don't know how to do a tondu the right way. It just felt like so disrespectful. And so like, I don't know, I think like in the US, the environment is very school like it's and like, that's okay. Now I have a different perspective, you can always learn anything. But I think like, that transition from coming to Russia, where I had a coach, and like any time that I was given a correction or worked with it was always in a way that was as a friend or in a like hey this yeah. is a suggestion but this woman like singling me out in front of the whole company to tell me how bad my tondus were and yeah. how horrible my my arms they're too russian you know they're you know it's like i understand changing the style that's nice but you can do it in a nice and gentle way you don't have to put somebody down yeah to make yourself and feel like you know embarrass something. them yeah <laughs> and like also that was the the like final show it was like i had my degree in teaching i have like you know certificates as being a personal train like all of these things that show that like i understand how the body works and yeah. like you're gonna tell me that i need to like crunch my toes and like 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's a stylistic thing, yeah. sure, like I can do that. But if that's the technique that you're trying to teach me how to do that, like, yeah. Anyway, like that's just like that sums it up. And like, I hate that. I think that makes me sound like prideful. But it no, was just no, like I think it was a combination of things but also you know when someone's disrespectful and it's just like a bad vibe and just kind of makes you realize it's not the place for you so so you were relieved when lockdown happened and then (laughs) and then when lockdown happened um Russia didn't stop no I know they shut down so at that time, my friend, Dmitry Gudanov, who was a principal with Bolshoi, who I had danced and worked with in the company, he called me. He's like, look, I'm I'm just been given the directorship of the Astrahan company. And would you be my assistant director and come on as a principal dancer? And like, this is when everything in the world was like shut down. It didn't matter where you were. Um, and I didn't really take a second beat. I was like, yes, when do you want me there? I, I want to do that. And I have a lot of ideas of how, what we could do to help put Astrahan Valley on the map, which Astrahan is a city in the south of Russia. It's one of the poorest cities in all of Russia, but they have a copy of the Bolshoi Theater. Like the mm. stage is a beautiful rake stage, beautiful studios. Um, we had We could do whatever we wanted for the rep. And I was like getting to teach like body conditioning class before ballet. And he kind of just gave me like free reign of what I wanted to do with the dancers. Amazing. Um, And so for me, it was like, okay, like I I was like, why did I ever leave Russia? This is where I'm meant to be. Um, I love this system. I appreciate how it works. Mm. And I love I love, it doesn't matter where I am in Russia. I love the fact that all of the small cities even have theaters because by this time I had spent a lot of time with Kremlin Valley, like touring around different cities in Russia. So I knew that it didn't matter if you were in a small city, you could, you could dance a lot of repertoire. Mm. Um, So I, I happily was there for two years and helped create, um, I was Dima Gudanov's muse. He made a lot of different ballets on me. And then I learned a lot about teaching and organizing a schedule. We brought some balancing rep in. It taught me some of those skills that you need to be an artistic director. What are the challenges? Like we had such a high injury rate. Like when I tell you, like when, when I came in, it was like crazy. And by the time that we implemented mandatory floor bar before class, yeah, and like, so it meant that people were actually getting warmed up for their class and you had to stay for class. You couldn't leave yeah, unless you were dancing a lead role and you had to be in rehearsal right after the class. Yeah. We, the injury, like we had one injury that whole year and it was the guy who did, who refused to come to any of the, yeah, know, any of the, any of the classes that we were providing. That's amazing. So that though. was like, yeah, no, it was really fun. Yeah. And I think it was possible because it was like this like random theater inside of Russia. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's amazing then, though, to you sort of have that sort of place that you can experiment all the things that you know and believe in, you know, on a sort yeah. of group of people and also hone your own skills in different avenues with the teaching. And because I know you're in, you, you enjoy that too, you know, and um, yeah, what an amazing opportunity and dancing it was great and then um whilst everyone else is locked in 
Yeah. Like they, there was like a movie of being made about my life, which I didn't really believe was a real thing <laughs> until it actually happened. And so I had to take two months leave off of my company work in Ostrahan. So it was like January 1st, 2022 mm-hmm. to February, like the end of February. And then my plan was like, we had scheduled some Swan Lakes, some Nutcrackers, and we were going to do more things. So I was like, okay, I'll go do the choreography, do the casting and do the doubling for this movie. And then I'll come back to Russia and we'll just go right back in. And was this Joy, Joy Wormack, the White Swan? No, this is Joy. That's a documentary that one of my friends made. Mm. And that was following my life. So from the year that I graduated until I moved to Korea. Right. So they had a lot. (laughs) Um, They saw a lot of stuff. A lot of things. Um, And then Joyka is is a, uh, it's a based on my life. So there's some things that are true, some things that are, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like if you if you see the movie, you'll be like, oh, that's not what Joy is describing. But obviously, like because it's a Hollywood film, like yeah. Anyway, but I got to do the choreography on it. I got to cast the dancers on it. I got to work with the lead actresses to teach them how to dance and Mm. how to do things. I still am like not that happy with how the ballet turned out in it because I didn't get to do a lot of the like things that I wanted to do because yeah, it's it's a movie set, you know, but. Of some of the dance scenes, I'm like really proud of the girls because they did a great job. And and I love the fact that there's like another dance movie out that's a Hollywood movie because there isn't really a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And I think people say like, oh, you know, you have to popularize ballet with putting it out in the, you know. Yeah, absolutely. For the general public. So I was happy to participate. But the last day of principal photography was the day that the, the war broke out. Right. Yeah, how did and that so I'm affect? There in yeah, <laughs> I'm with my dog, with my husband, and my husband's work is attached to Facebook and Instagram, and they had like just banned Facebook and Instagram, and so my husband would have like lost his business had we had gone back, and it became this huge thing of like, do I go back? And we like, I fought with my husband because I wanted to go back because I didn't understand like what was happening. I kind of was like, I have Swan Lake. I have two weeks to get ready for Swan Lake. Like I wasn't thinking about everything. And when we finally like had, we had to talk out like our whole relationship. And it was really this moment because like up until that moment, I had always chosen ballet. Right. Even over my partner. Yeah. And it became this moment of like, if I make that choice, I'm going to be alone. And I love him so much and I hate what's going on because I don't believe in war. I don't believe in aggression. And like the company that I was working for is paid directly by the Russian government. So like, even though I'm not involved in politics, even though I know that it's not the same person, like the principal. Yeah. And that's something that I've always tried to do in my, in my career is be truthful and be true to the principle of of what it is. And the thing is, I love to dance. And I do think that part of my integrity would have been compromised had I gone back. Yeah. Um, Do I miss it? Has it been extremely difficult since I left? Do I feel like I lost a big part of what I was trying to build? You know, and have I had to rebuild my whole life since that decision two years ago? Yes. But would I make the same decision? Yes, because I do believe that 
um, we have to be very clear with the message that art is and art is something that's pure and ballet I truly believe is something that builds bridges internationally and we can't use ballet and art as a method of war so you know so as being a kind of public person I knew that like whatever I can do is is just try to do the right thing mm. You know, and so that's it was a hard it was a very hard decision yeah. and something that I've struggled with, especially facing rejection and almost this like, well, I've left, but nobody's actually like opening a door for me. Like all of my guy friends yeah. left, no matter where they were dancing in Russia, like all of them have jobs now. Right. <laughs> and like it took a lot of the girls who left year, like a year and a half to find jobs. And like for me. I have gotten some offers, but it's also this thing of like, can I go back into a company? Mm-hmm. If I went in back into a company, I think it would have to be at the right level. And I don't think just dancing is enough for me anymore. Right. I don't know if that makes sense. What does that mean? But what does that like? Mean? Yeah. If just dancing, like because I love being involved in helping a dancer grow into their potential. Yeah. I think I would love to be in a role of a ballet mistress or, um, you know, like one day I still have a lot to learn and I'm definitely doing executive training and coaching right now because I would love to be an artistic director. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, I have worked in a lot of places and I have a lot to give um, in the terms of programming and also uplifting the next generation of dancers and I mean I also love to choreograph I don't show that a lot but I believe in narratives and I love using the classical ballet language to tell stories mm-hmm. and I feel like right now a lot of the narratives being told in the dance space are in the contemporary language and I think that there's still room for beautiful classical ballets with stories that are relevant today so yeah one day but uh, I'm sure. Yeah, no. If somebody offered me and it was a great company, a principal position, I would probably have to say yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because I do love dancing and I'm I'm still like in good shape. Like I can I can still do it. You know. Yeah. So um, so you know you you did the Paris Opera contract right for for a while. Um, yeah. And then obviously because you're not a Paris Opera dancer, you know the offer of staying there wasn't there. And so, yeah. however, you're now based in Paris um, and obviously, yes. which I'm curious about because obviously you've, you've traveled around a lot, you know, um, throughout, yeah. your, throughout your career. And do you feel now you're at a moment where you really, you do want to kind of settle down and like have a base and have a proper home? I think that that definitely was what drove my desire to be in France and like, Working with the Paris Opera was a dream come true. It taught me so much about fine technique. And of course, that was the place where I wanted to stay. But it's very difficult. It's very difficult for French people to get in. And like yeah. me being an outsider, even have gotten to like work there for one one part is is like I'm so grateful and honored. And, and um, yeah, an amazing privilege. You know, I'm, I'm just very grateful for it. And being able to work in the ecosystem here in Paris is 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 wonderful. It reminds me a lot of being in, about being in Moscow. Um, can you tell me more about, I, can you tell me a bit more about what you learned about 
nice dog about what you learned (laughs) about you um that more about the technique like you know you mentioned you learned a lot and obviously you know you're a rare case of you've experienced the Russian technique and the French technique and two of Mm -hmm. the greatest techniques around um tell me more about the differences and also what you've learn from the Paris technique that now you are also taking into your own dancing? So when I first got here, I had to do a huge, huge job to like almost undo a lot of the Russianisms, like the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the chin up. Which by this moment is uh, like completely autopilot natural for you. Yeah. But no, I mean, I changed my shoes I was like a Gaynor Minden person forever, which I think that I needed to change. I think I was, you know, so now I'm, I wear freeze, which that is definitely a different technique of working the feet and has given me like much more expression and strength in my feet and a different way of doing point work and, and doing your classwork. You, it refines your jumps, um, small jumps, coordination, music, musicality, in almost a neutrality and um, a pureness Mm. that is, you know, Russian is a little bit more showmanship. It's not like American, like look at my 16 pirouettes, but, you know, French technique is really about like the purity of the placement, the musicality, um, the, the presentation of yourself and who you are versus like, embodying a character having this like emotion with the character it's it's more about who you are in the role which right. is is a different approach um like just some practicalities are like for example I was saying like yeah we Russians tend to do this yeah you know and the French technique is more neutral and more of a like projection from this and like if you look at the rib cage too mm. like Russians tend to flare yes. to get the leg up and to open and the French is very much about like using the breath and the back and keeping this neutral and it it helps for jumps it helps for it it I mean the extension is is in a way better placed extension that you can then use and like just thinking about turning in, in the center for example the French have very complicated turns like on dehors in attitude Alice Gaunt, all these things that we had in Russia, yeah. but you kind of hop your way. And the French have this beautiful way of using a plie mm. to make things be very clean. There's no extra jumps. Everything is pure, has a beginning of the end. Yeah, I've never end. been a fan of the extra jumps anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just think. You shouldn't do them. No. They kind of are like, like, okay, well, it happens. You know, yeah. the French is like... yeah yeah not (laughs) but um yeah I always felt like the extra jumps I always tried not to do that because also I came from the Royal Ballet School and that also wasn't wasn't a thing so it's kind of already I just found that the people who jump 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 all the time were actually not very good turners in the first place um because it kind of instills that tension like you know trying to stay up rather than feeling that smooth push and holding the pose and then coming down when you you have to come down you know but yeah, that's very interesting. Um, amazing. What an amazing experience. You know, don't jump to your point shoe. Right. <laughs> Roll to your point shoe. I mean, yeah. I'm still on my journey, but I, I feel, 
accomplish what I've learned in the past two years. I feel like I actually could dance in a different way for a lot longer and a lot healthier. Mm. It just is that in my cars. I don't know. You know, I've, I've done a couple of auditions recently and I'm still waiting to hear back. Um, but at the moment right now, I'm on an Amazon t -shirt, TV show called Etoile. It's a successor to Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and it's about the Paris Opera and the New York City Ballet. So I'm dancing and acting on that uh, TV show. And then I uh, started a foundation, um, which the foundation has three parts to it. It's an academy, a company, and obviously the, the philanthropy part of that is being able to provide uh, kids with scholarships, whether it's to travel where they need to go, pay for a visa, um, pay school fees, or if it's, you know, a dancer who is who's very good but doesn't have the money to travel to an audition will we'll sponsor that mm. um right now our, our re most recent thing that we've done is we've given a gift to the Prix de Lausanne so I'm going to the Prix de Lausanne this weekend to select a recipient for Amazing. Uh, some of those funds and and yeah I guess like the focus now is I really believe that the main issue facing the ballet world today is there's not enough companies. Yeah. Um, and there's not enough companies in places that are able to build audiences. Mm -hmm. um, I recently just spent a week in Nigeria. We are building a vocational school there to the goal would be to train teachers, dancers and choreographers and create kind of the Nigerian National Ballet. So the first professional company with an idea of melding African traditional dance and ballet so that they can share their stories um, with the continent of Africa. So Incredible. that's like what I'm really passionate about right now yeah. is, is just empowering others and giving them the tools that they need. And I'd love to invite you to be part of, of that. Sure. It'd be so great to, to have you. Um, especially I know the teachers there, they're so hungry. They just yeah. want to learn. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, so that's what I'm up to now. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I have a Swan Lake, I have two Swan Lakes in Brussels, another one in the US. And like I do still galas and things, but I, I'm not like in a company. Yeah, I mean, I feel like to be honest, hearing, you know, your whole journey and how much you've traveled around and, you know, I just feel like you're not destined to stay in one place and do one thing. I think you're supposed to be doing a million things at once that you're passionate about. <laughs> like, I think, I think that's fine as well. I mean, it's so fun and interesting and you're never bored. There's yeah. always so much you can do. And, you know, a lot of people enjoy being in one place for 25 years, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm the same in the sense that that'll never be me. And I don't think yeah. that'll ever be you either. And, you know, yeah. I think you're an amazing role model as well for that kind of career path too yeah because so many people yeah. think if you're not in a company um and you don't stay there and that you have failed you know yeah. and that that's and it's not the case you know you've you've no you've put together a career for yourself which is extremely successful you've done amazingly well you're a huge role model to a lot of people and you're doing your own thing which is also really cool like I'm a no, I'm a I'm a bit a big advocate for doing your own thing <laughs> I mean I'm watching what you're building Isabella and it's wonderful and uh, we need more people like you you're doing such a great job at it and you know you're learning skills along the way you're not just a ballet teacher you're an entrepreneur uh you're a spokeswoman you know you are being a champion of, of people who need representation. And I think that there's this 
kind of archaic idea of like a oh, ballerina, you have to be a slave to the tracks. It's like, yeah. you can be your own agent and you can be um, in charge of what you need to say and that's okay. And that's what I would encourage the next generation. It's like, yes, it'd be great to have a ballet company, but mm. if you don't fit in a ballet company, that's not a problem. Like yeah. you have to be a special kind of person that, um, that can, you know, and, and I have big respect to people who do it, but there's like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> you have to sacrifice a lot yeah. to be in a ballet company and, and, um, you don't always get to have the experiences that you want in a ballet company. It's a lot of waiting around. Um, and so if you are that kind of person to like go after what you want, sometimes that route is not the best. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with your foundation and, and hopefully creating and helping create more more companies where they need to be, there will be more choice, you know, in the first place. Yeah. And I think you're right. That is something that's a huge issue. It's, it's very sad to watch people graduate from school and have nowhere to go and then feel yeah. like I've, I've dedicated, you know, eight years of my life to this. And now what's the result of it left on the street alone, not yeah. with no job? You know, have- imagine, like for example, somebody coming from Royal Ballet School, you didn't get picked up by any company who go do a year in Nigeria helping helping them work out what they're going to do or in Ecuador or, you know, Nicaragua, you know, there's so much you can do with that skill and yeah. it's viable. And, and now I don't think there's enough out there that's doing that. Yeah, but I was saying not our, yeah. our craft is something that is giving you a way to give back. Yeah, and I I think that needs to be instilled more in people that knowing that they can do that and that is still that is a very viable thing you can do. Because again, I think people yeah. come out of school almost slightly brainwashed, you know, like there's yeah. only one route, you know, and and then they they end up quitting and not actually doing anything with the amazing skill that they've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. Well, I think you're definitely soul sisters. And it's been <laughs> yeah. wonderful to like absolutely you know, follow what you're doing. And I do hope that we'll eventually meet. We're only one channel train ride away. Only a away, train ride away. So. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you so much, Joy. Um, Thank it's you. It's been um, amazing to hear your story in a bit more detail, you know, personally. And I really want to watch um, <laughs> Joyka soon. Yeah, well. it's tell coming us, out in May. Yeah, tell us yeah. where we can watch it. That's the U.S. premieres in May. I know that there's Polish premiere in March, but technically the worldwide thing is supposed to happen. Um, it's supposed to happen like this space right now. Okay, so check. Like, Amazing. Joyka, you'll find yeah, it. everyone go watch Joyka. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Joy, and we will follow you and support you and can't wait to see what you do next. Well, thank you so much, Isabella.